2: You could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly B cox and with me i have my boy in the place to be j o here with me again joining us on the vault classic music reviews podcast we want to thank you all for joining us and thanks all the fans out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support the show guys we took a little break as we mentioned last episode and we saw that the numbers took a little bit of a dip But we see now that the numbers are back up there again. We want to thank you all for continuing to ride with us. Make sure you're following us as well on all the platforms you are subscribed to us on. As a reminder, you can go to VaultClassicPod.com. That's VaultClassicPod.com. You can go there and check out all the past interviews. Also look up the reviews as well. You can leave one. You can also, though, check out our merchandise shop at VaultClassicPod.com backslash store. All the merch there. We have t-shirts, hoodies, tumblers, coffee mugs, selfies phone cases anything you can think about we got right there at vaultclassicpod.com go there check it out make sure you click on all the social media handles and follow us right there on instagram facebook youtube tiktok you think about it we got it also on twitter so hit us up once again at vaultclassicpod.com as we always say here on the vault, our motto is hashtag Open the Vault hashtag Nothing but the Classics or MBTCNJ. and J. Today we're going to go back 25 years ago, and we're going to go back to the second studio album of none other than Atlanta group Goody Mob. Still Standing, released on April seventh, nineteen ninety eight. It was recorded between July ninety seven and February of ninety eight, with a runtime of sixty seven minutes and fifty two seconds on LaFace Records. The producers on this, executive producers, you know them well, Babyface and L.A. Reid. Of course, the executive producers on this, which oversaw most of the project and as well produced most of the beats, the organized noise production trio of Rico Wade, Ray Murray, and Sleepy Brown. Also, other producers on this included the group Goody Mob as a whole, and individually, you did have CeeLo and Timo also produce beats on here in Greeny Green and Ghettoology. Then you also had production credits on here by Cypress Hills, DJ mugs also as well by Mr. DJ who was of Earth tone three, who was outcast DJs as well. And also David wild and Craig love still standing by Goody mob. Jay 25 years later. I almost let this one slide by me since I took my break and got myself uh, back oriented after the baby got here. I remember that there was some album anniversaries coming up this spring that I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss. I did hit you up and say hey, that you wanted to go ahead and join me on this. Go ahead and get into it, man. And talk a little bit about Still Standing, the album. I don't know if you remember, Jay, but the first time like I heard about this was seeing the first couple of singles and also the videos from this. So that would be that They Don't Dance No More and black ice and i think in particular to they don't dance no more kind of hit me hard and the reason why is because right after it came out who did i hear hitting it but backyard band (laughs) you know so (laughs) that was the thing back then where me and jay are from man but we're gonna go ahead now and get into it first thoughts and reflections so jay i'll go ahead and start with you bruh let us know what you think about still standing when it first came out what did you think about it and then listening to it this past week what is your thoughts in the 25 years since its release? Man, to be honest, man, I'm, I'm surprised it's even been 25 years.
3: Like, yeah. It's like, damn, it was just a high school, in Strange Tribe, which leads to that. I was in 11th grade, matter of fact. And like you said, first heard the single, They Don't Dance No More, which I couldn't remember, but it dropped like late 97 or early 90. Well, the album came out early 98, but mm-hmm. heard They Don't Dance No More first. And like, it sounded sonically different than what was the, from their first album. Like it had a more like polished sound to it, but still... Their style, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't want to say took a chance on, it, but like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm gonna go ahead and check this out because remember, like, we talking the like early '98, this is like, you know, when it was like that No Limit Brigade was out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, yes. People drop dropping album like every week, you know what I'm saying? So, okay, it's like, me see what's up with this. So, listen, it had some joints on there, but at the end of the day, for me, it still didn't go up against what No Limit was putting out. Mm hmm you know what I'm saying, love orga- Organized Noise, love Goody Mob, you know what I'm saying, the whole Dungeon family, but like, it still didn't hit the same way that their music hit. Like, mm, Okay. So, listen to it like this past week, I mean, I, I guess I have like a more mature ear for it, like given the subject matter. hmm For me, I have to like kind of be in the mood like to hear some of them some joints. Yeah. Not so much like, how they say now, the bops or whatever, but like, the ones that have like more deeper meanings but like because you listen like some of the lyrics of these drinks like oh, dang, yeah. they were really, they really talking some like deep shit on here so mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah so that's kind of like how it was between back then and now as far as like
2: my, mm-hmm. my impression of it true yeah man i think i felt a little bit of the same way and we're in high school right around the same time and as you mentioned that early part of 98 was really that period when probably i would say the summer of 97 up until really the summer of 98 when No Limit was dominating things. It was P putting out Ghetto D and then eventually The Last Dawn. It was all the projects they put out, Fiend and Mac and Silk the Shocker and Soldier Slim and all those artists on No Limits. It seemed like everybody since that time time period put out a project. (laughs) And, you know, you could always see those No Limit posters in the Source magazines and everywhere you would go, you would see those... Advertisements for those famous no limit CD covers. You know what I'm saying? Watching and seeing Goody Mob come out with this album, I do remember that I felt as though there wasn't as big as a buzz around it because of the time period we were at, and because who was on top. And also, let's remember, this is Goody Mob's sophomore album. We all remember what happened on the first album with soul food i mean this was an album soul food that we talk about a foundational album when it comes to southern hip-hop soul food is definitely that it's a classic it's always hard to follow up a classic and very rarely do you find that someone can actually match up to that and be able to meet those expectations but i also kind of feel like that as well as a known group that goodie mob was it kind of feels like even in ninety eight, despite all the things that were going on, all the hoopla as the south was starting to rise, like no limit, and also other artists in the South, it kind of felt like they were a little bit of forgotten. I don't know if it felt that way, Jay. To me, I kinda of felt like they were being sort of set aside. I can agree with that. You know, so but nonetheless, listening to it back then, I did have an appreciation for the fact that the album was a little bit different than Soul Food. It wasn't the same carbon copy album. And I don't know if it was a Dungeon Family and Organized Noise thing, because you know what happened with Outkast in their first album, with Southern Playalistic. Outcomes then AT Aliens, where you see not only is Organized Noise then producing that album, but then also Outkast themselves with Big Boy and Andre are starting to take on a lot more of the production responsibility. So AT Aliens is a distinctively different album than Southern Playalistic, but it still worked. And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the same thing what happened here with Goody Mob, with Still Standing, as opposed to what you heard and saw on Soul Food, is that what they did here on Still Standing. So it's like, wow. And to me, listening to it back then, I had an appreciation for it, but I kind of feel like there weren't enough people, at least where we were at, that was shouting about it loud enough from the mountaintops. And I did feel like it was kind of forgotten among that hubbub of all the people who were on top during that time in 98. But then I revisited this album again years later. As you mentioned, Jay, the subject matter in here with the lyrics and some of the things that they say is really, really some deep shit. You get into some deep subject matters on here. It also strikes me to the fact that Goody Mob, despite the fact they reached a certain amount of success on their first album, That they still were the same guys that they were as they were on Soul Food, meaning that they were talking about the same subject matter while the sound was somewhat different. The flows were sort of still the same, but they were talking about a lot of the same things. We all know what Goody Mom stands for. They stuck to that. And when you look at songs on here, like looking at Gutter Butter and listen to Ghettoology and Distant Wilderness, and I refuse limitation. Those type of songs. And hearing the stuff that you hear from Git, and also from CeeLo. CeeLo on here to me, I think this was really the launching board, which led him to the point where we get to in the next decade. He eventually became a superstar in his own right, aside from Goody Mob. But each group member, I felt like, did their thing on this. It's almost like... I read an article where they said that Goody Mob is different in the mode with Outkast where they are really strictly rooted and based in Atlanta. Not that Outkast is not, but Goody Mob in their subject matter Tackle so many of the things that ailed Atlanta, so many things that were wrong in the ghetto. And it felt like they were so entrenched and in tune with what the people were going through. Despite the fact that they raised some success, they still had problems that they were in tune with with the people from their hood, what was wrong in black Atlanta. So 25 years later, as you said, I do have a bit of a mature ear. And while, yes, I believe that a lot of folks won't stand at the mountaintop like they would with Soul Food for this album. For me, I believe on Second Look, that this album probably is, I would say, as thoughtful and thought-provoking as Soul Food was. It just probably wasn't as celebrated. But I think without a shadow of a doubt, definitely a solid effort and something that I think a lot of people should go back and listen to because when I listened to it this past week, I was very struck at how politically charged some of the commentary was. But to me, it's Goody Mobs. I was expecting that. Highlights and lowlights. So now we're gonna get into highlights and lowlights, Jay. I'll go ahead and start with you. What are your highlights and lowlights for Still Standing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's
3: kind of like really took me back to that time. But um, of course, they don't dance no more. Beautiful skin. Mm-hmm. Ghettoology. I mean, gutter butter. Of course, the black ice joint. Mm-hmm. So that's as far as highlights I could think of that just comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just about over because I like that, if I'm not mistaken, I like had a, had a guitar sound to it.
2: Ooh,
0: yeah
3: it was a sign of things to come with like CeeLo, especially, you know, like the whole Narles Barkley thing and everything like that. So it's like, yeah, it's like, I forgot he did this back in 98.
2: Yeah. Yes, definitely. So for me, uh, my highlights, I will say this. I thought the album got off to a bit of a slow start, but I kind of thought that soul food got out to a bit of a slow start. And then it picked up once we got to like track three or four, I felt the same way here. I think black ice was definitely a highlight for me as well hearing get with those three verses and then hearing outcast at that point. We also remember, Jay, that's right when they were in the midst of making the Quemini more than likely, mm-hmm. which to me I thought was their zenith. And to be able to hear that contrast the Big Boy and Dre on there, be able to go and hit that last verse of that song and absolutely kill it. I loved it. But once you get into The Dam, which is featuring Cool Breeze, let me say this, at least before I go into what I'm going to say about this run of tracks. I love the fact that on these mode of albums that Organized Noise put out, which was after I want to say AT Aliens, and they actually got that production deal that they did with Interscope that they talked about in the documentary, that they featured so many of the other people of the Dungeon family that we weren't as familiar with. So you see on here featuring Cool Breeze and Low Will and also Chieftain and Witch Doctor. And we'll also talk a little bit about Witch Doctor because he released an album in 1998 that I think a lot of people slept on. And to me, I think is actually a hidden gem and a SWAT healing ritual. But we'll get back to that in a second. When you get into the track from the dam all the way through the end of the album, I think is where the album completely shines. I paid the most attention to because I felt like the energy of the album stayed consistent from this point on to talk about a few just in that run obviously they don't dance no more with Lil' will and you know Lil' will obviously has done a few hooks during his time you know of course he did this so i see a couple of other ones but this was a legendary song it was a song and the title of that song something that i think is even resonating even to this day is that they don't dance no more the messaging in that as well to me beautiful skin is something that is a little change up them talking about the subject matter of you know respecting the black women and talking about love as well I love the messaging of gutter butter and I absolutely love CeeLo's verse on here as well, because to me it was just like that's something where you want to talk about. Oh, yeah, that is a part of the messaging when I say they're in tune to what's going on in Atlanta, even after they done made it too. Ghettoology. I like that, too. I love that beat on Ghettoology that was produced by CeeLo Green. So awesome work on there by CeeLo. Greeny Green, I love, first of all, let me just say, I really am an admirer of Witch Doctor. And I I did love his album, A Swat Healing Ritual. I did think when we talk about the Dungeon Family projects, that's a project that doesn't get talked about enough. But you hear on here Witch Doctor with the group really kind of blend in, almost like as if he could be a fifth member of Goody Mob, to be quite honest. I like the messaging on I Refuse Limitation. It talks a little bit more about, you know, them talking about wanting to make it out and understand that they don't want to be limited by what their circumstances are. That's just goody mob to me. Then getting a little bit later on, though, love the feel and that bounce of see you when I see you. Um, A very short track. Actually, I was kind of mad that it was that short. I wanted it to be longer. The last couple of tracks with Inshallah and Just About Over sort of has that feeling that you talked about with CeeLo and what he would do a little bit later on with his stuff, of course, with his solo albums and Nars Barkley with the vocals and something I think a part of his vocals and the harmonies you would get on the tracks that you would have and also backed up by the raps was something that I loved about Goody Mob and really what I liked about CeeLo and what he did solo-wise. And to one of the most hard-hitting tracks on there with that beat and the way that that bass and those drums hit on Still Standing, the last track and title track on there, absolutely great, man. So for me, honestly, I would have to say this. I don't have any lowlights on here. And I would I said the same thing about Soul Food. But to me, the only thing I would have to say is if there's a difference between soul food and this one is that there isn't like a cell therapy on here as there was on soul food. There isn't what like a live at the Omni. There isn't like a soul food the track or I didn't ask to come or the coming. There isn't those type of tracks, or the thought process or dirty south. You don't have those type of tracks to hit you that hard like the way soul food did. That being said, everything here to me, I think is pretty consistent and also solid, but it's not really reaching that level. I think that you were looking at or to the point where, oh yeah, this is really going to hit me in the soul, like the way something did on soul food. But to me, this is consistent. And I think that the messaging here is consistent as well, based on what the philosophy of the group is notable quotables. So we get to notable quotables and Jay, I'll go ahead and get to you. What is a notable quotable you have for this album?
3: it's kind of funny because I know you were saying like the first part of the album kind of started off slow but mm-hmm. it's actually from the first journal album the experience okay and go figure CeeLo you know what I mean okay. so like yeah. he was like I'm sick of lying I'm sick of glorifying dying I'm sick mm. of not trying shit I'm sick of being a nigga Destiny sent me to this dread she said she felt led to offer me some wisdom from this notebook she read and it said right then, black man's downfall was not known that we were not ever niggas at all. Mm. And she looked deeply into my eyes and said, brother, you don't know. You complain about being black when they mad because they, they can't be black no more. So many black men out here trying to be niggas keep it real to the point that they die to be niggas. Mm.
2: Like, Damn. Yeah. And It was like way more in that chamber. Like, yeah, no, but that I know what you're talking about that reverse. Man, that's one thing I think that we forget about CeeLo, right? Is that Everybody knows him as his great vocalist. And he's put out some great vocals on some tracks and on albums. But as an MC, CeeLo used to it's spit hilarious. that shit. He's <laughs> CeeLo used to spit that shit. And it kind of sticks to me after I give my notable quotable. I'll mention something to you that I've heard not just on the Art of Organized Noise documentary, which, by the way, is an excellent documentary. And my notable quotable is also from CeeLo. But it's actually on gutter butter and it's his verse on gutter butter. And I thought it was really just profound based on what he was talking about and explaining this situation. When he was saying, nigga, I ain't shit. I just know how to rhyme a little bit. Nigga, please. I'm still trying to get squeezed my fat ass where I fit. Now, I got a little dough, but ain't that much more than any other nigga that I know. We all still po. I don't sell dope. I sell whole. You want to size me up, nigga? Then where's scope? Because you're going to see me on MLK on TV and I ain't got no fear, my nigga. I was born to wait right here. Late one night, I was in a pearl white Acura Legendary. I got that thing with me because it's necessary. Shit, I was just riding. Wasn't even thinking about colliding, but I kept seeing the same highlights running the stop signs and red lights. I don't pretend myself to die for my time to go. He said, you know what it is? You done seen it before? This is sad. Of course, I'm going to be mad. Well, here, if you have it that goddamn, if you want it that bad, you would try to take it from me, my nigga. I ain't no star. I value both of our lives more than this car. You lucky, nigga. I used to be you. Shouldn't I bust a hole in your chest? Somebody could see through. Now remember shit. You could have died tonight and I would have been in the right and I ain't even pissed. You could have dropped me off at the house because I ain't really dying or nothing like this. And he just laughs, laughs, you know, but I think it's crazy because he's talking about a nigga coming up and carjacking him and him just basically being like, yo man, if you want this shit, you can take it. But just know, Hey shit, I can fuck around. You want to carjack me. I could blast you right now and I'd be justified in doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, but what's really is that he's saying, like, look, nigga, I used to be you. Like, this, uh, you coming to carjack me, that used to be the nigga that I used to be. So, just remember that type of shit, that you actually could have died tonight because that used to be me. So, and I don't know, he's just like, yo, look, man, if you want this shit, go ahead and take it, man. Just just give me a drop, drop me off by the house and shit real quick on the way (laughs) out, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But, I was really struck by those two verses in particular because during the Organized Noise documentary, other places that I've read, Is that they said out of everybody in Goody Mob and the stuff that they were involved in, like they were all involved in certain situations before they end up getting signed to LaFace and being with Organized Noise and becoming members of Dungeon Family. That they said out of all of them that were there, when it came to street life and hustling, the nigga that was the one who was most in it was CeeLo. They (laughs) were saying like CeeLo was the one that was more advanced in the hustling culture and the street life and that gutter type stuff. Like CeeLo was the one who was the deepest one in it out of everybody in Goody Mob. And that might be a little surprising to everybody based on the persona he has now. But I'm always remembering that when I hear these verses on Soul Food and on Still Standing and on the Outcast verses I hear on stuff like Slum Beautiful on Stankonia and AT Aliens. I'm like, you know what? I'm reminded that there was a life before all this that CeeLo had that wasn't that great. And you can hear it in these lyrics, that pain. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stories of those streetlights. That's really what I'm reminded of. So I'm just like, damn, you know what? It's another side of this dude that some of us may have forgot. It's been almost 25 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So definitely those quotables. And I think, and specifically on here, CeeLo's performance on here was absolutely amazing he definitely flexed on here without a shadow of a doubt that's what i think this album was the springboard for him to realize he needed to go ahead and give things a shot solo wide final verdict so final verdict on this jay so still standing by goody mob what say you about the album after listening to it is it a classic album is it an essential album is it dope just good or just okay
3: Mm, so this one I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say and again going back and listening to it with a maturity I would, I would say an essential album okay especially given everything like the climate of like us now especially with, as far as like black folks yes i'd I have, have to say essential
2: i'm gonna be right there with you as well i'm gonna say an essential album as well it's a little bit of a step down from soul food and the reason mm. why i say it's a step down from soul food is because there isn't really like i said those tracks that hit you like right in the chest from soul food And you don't have, like, the ones that hit you like that. Like, yeah, you have the black ice and they don't dance no more. But I feel like what you got on Still Standing is a consistent effort across tracks. And as you said, it felt like they were kind of forgotten a little bit in the midst of 98. But as you go back and listen to it, there really were some gems on there that you're like, wow, man, these guys still we not only making consistently good music, but they were still on the same thing. Even though the music didn't sound the same as the first album, they were still on the same tip. And I think that a lot of people would expect that if they made it quote unquote, that they would sort of get off of what they were, what got them to where they were. But goody mob, they were not about that, not on this album. So I'm going to be right there with you and say as well, that it is an essential album for goody mob, still standing there sophomore album turning 25 years this week. Make sure y'all go check it out. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you think it's probably a classic album? I know there are some of you out there in Atlanta and in the South and think that this is also a classic album, and I won't argue with you there as well. I do think, Jay, that sometimes regions and what their perceptions of albums plays into it, so I won't argue with anyone that says anything about that. But hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on IG and on TikTok. Let us know what you think about Still Standing, and of course, the songs on here. We love to continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at VaultClassicPod.com. That's VaultClassicPod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media, at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel, We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.